0: In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 16, if you would stand with me as we read these few verses here, and we are going to be talking this morning about the shield of faith. So as we read here in chapter 6, verse starting in verse 13, it says, "...Wherefore, take you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness." and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You for today. We thank You for the time You've given us to come here to be in Your house. Father, I ask that You would just guide my words and direct my speech, Lord, that I will glorify You and just speak Your Word perfectly. Father, I thank You for all that You've done. And Lord, that Your Spirit will move in our midst and that we will glorify You. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Alright, well we're going to do just a little bit of recapping of everything. Just in case anybody has forgotten what we've been talking about here. So, the first thing that we talked about was the belt of truth. Uh, the truth is found in God's Word. Truth guides our decision-making. Truth frees us from the devil's lies. Truth sanctifies and purifies. Truth is essential for each day. We also talked about the breastplate of righteousness. So It guards against direct attacks on our heart. It is something God gives us. We are not righteous on our own. When Jesus has control of our heart, it is protected from attack. Whoops, too much. The shoes of the gospel of peace. God directs our path. God is our foundation. We stand on. God provides our peace in the, during the spiritual attacks. Apparently, I never did go back and correct my uh, messed up typing there. So, we are continuing with the spiritual warfare and how that we stand. I know this kind of seems like it's uh, being very repetitious, but this is important. The reason that this is important is because this is how we live every day. Every day of our life in Christ, we are supposed to be standing covered with the armor of God. The only time we take off our armor, if you were paying attention in one of the songs, is when we are with Christ. We don't have to fight when we're with Christ. But until we get to him that means either we either die and we go and be with him or either Jesus comes back and we go be with him that's the only way we get to take off this armor that's the only way we are going to ensure that we are no longer going to be spiritually attacked is when we are with Christ uh, and that hasn't happened just yet we are his soldiers and we must have on the armor because we never know when we're going to be attacked and we must be ready at all times so how are we standing? Well, we got the shield of faith. Well, I, 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 you know I got desperate and I just brought out a little cardboard shield here. But shields, if you see, there's different kinds. There's a round shield. There's an oval shield, and then there's a, uh, the, the, the one, the blue one is kind of the full body shield. Does anybody use a shield? Every time I get in my vehicle, I have a shield. And it's called a wind shield. I like that windshield. When I got my motorcycle, I wanted a windshield. Do you know why? Because if you have a windshield, it, calls, it directs that wind right over the top of you. If that windshield wasn't there, it slaps you right in the face the entire time. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a motorcycle without a windshield, but it's, to me, it's not as near as enjoyable of a ride when you have that glass in front of you that is directing that wind over the top of you instead of smacking you right in the face. Plus it protects you from what is the most a thing on the road, bugs, right? Oh my goodness, that's another reason I always wore my helmet with a face mask on it. Because if one of them bugs had hit that shield, would it hit my face even with glasses on? It, it could have caused me to wreck because some of them bugs are pretty massive. <laughs> it's like a fiery dart that we're gonna be talking about. So the shield was made from six layers of hide. There are two types of shields, and it protected the body. What's something else that protects the body that we've been talking about? The armor. The breastplate. Now, what else are we talk about? The shoes. Did we talk about the helmet already? No, it was a belt. It was a belt. <laughs> but we got the helmet, and we got the sword, which the sword is more offensive than anything, but all of the armor is the idea is it shields your body from being harmed from being critically harmed. Now there are weak points even within the the armor, but our faith is not in the armor. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. And see spiritual armor does not have the weaknesses that physical armor does. So, the shield, faith in God shields us. Faith is both offensive and defensive. A small amount can move mountains. Faith saves, heals, and is living. Faith is alive. It's not dead. Faith is not alone. That's not really the highest quality of picture there. But this right here gives you a picture of to me, this is kind of like what the church is supposed to be for each other. You got one person that's going out and putting up a shield, but what happens when you start getting people? These shields were designed to interlock so that they could build a wall so that they could walk over the top of the enemy. A shield was both. It could be its primary thing was being defensive to protect you, but it could also be used as a weapon. If you were going to attack that group of people, how 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 much success are you going to have in doing so you're going to you're going to you're going to meet a spear or a shield before you ever get to a person so our faith first of all is not it's not ours our faith is given to us scripture tells us that our faith is not our own there is only one faith and that faith is what god gives us so my question is is what is faith, right? That's the first thing we need to look at is faith. In Hebrews 11:1 it says now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We practice this every single day. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen God? Have you seen the Holy Spirit? Have you seen with your eyes spiritual things? We really haven't, have we? but we put our faith in it, don't we? We put our trust, we put our hope, in that these things that we have been told in God's Word, that these are true. And that is what we press toward. We are here because of our faith in God, not because we have seen something that has brought us here. Now our experiences, we've experienced God. But we haven't ever seen Him. We may have heard His voice or heard a voice, But then if you go around telling people that, you know, I hear God audibly, they're going to start thinking you're crazy because uh, I personally can't say that I've ever heard God audibly. But I can say that God has spoke to me so clearly that uh, it almost seemed audibly. God does speak to us. He's not distant. He wants a relationship with us. We know that from the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God wants that restored relationship. And so he in order to ensure that we have a, get obtain a restored relationship he provides to us the things that we've talked about the truth righteousness faith and then we're going to continue to talk about some of the others as we go, go along So here's a here's an example this is this is faith being alive being active and motivating and pursuing and causing you causing this woman here to do uh, what she needed to do. Uh, Mark 5, 25-34. It says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was not helped, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came into the, uh, came into the crowd and touched his garments, for she said, if I may touch his clothes I shall be whole. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she, the that she was healed of the, that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned about to the in to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples being much like you and me, said, You see the multitude thronging you. And you say, who touched me? I mean, you've got this massive group of people. Someone touches you. They're like, Jesus, there's lots of people touching you. Only one person touched Jesus with faith. Especially a healing faith. And he looked around about to see her uh, that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. The faith that she had motivated her to go after Jesus. Does your faith motivate you to go after Jesus? Let me. Have we really become so desperate in our lives that we are going to go out and know that Jesus is the only answer we have? He's the only one who's going to take care of the sin problem that we have. We've separated ourselves from God. Only Jesus can restore that relationship do we have the faith that we're going to pursue that relationship with Christ. Because we've already talked about it, and I've repeated myself multiple times, Satan wants to get into your head. He wants to attack your heart. He wants to distort the truth. He wants you to think that you are right with God when you're not right with God. Satan wants, you, wants to destroy you. He wants you to curse God like he did Job. He wants to sift you as wheat like he desired of Peter. Satan wants to defeat you because he wants to destroy your witness. If he can't destroy you and your faith in God, he's going to try to destroy your witness so that you cause other people and their faith to be destroyed to be destroyed in Christ. Colossians two, six through eight. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Do you see why the shield of faith is so important? Satan is attacking. He's attacking, attacking with just flat out lies. He is attacking with truthful lies. You know what a truthful lie is? That's what we call little, little white lies. It's kind of covered in a little bit of truth and a, and, a, and a little bit of lie. It's not a full lie. It's just a part lie. Because, because we, we, we want to spare someone their feelings. We, if we told them the whole truth, it would, it would hurt their feelings, right? So we spare them some detail, which turns the truth into a lie. What is the most popular one that is recorded biblically? When Satan goes up to Eve and and she tells him that if we're to eat of this fruit, we're going to die. And Satan says, you're not going to die. You're going to be as God knowing good from evil. He gave a little bit of truth in there, didn't he? The first part was you're not going to die immediately. So therefore, you're not going to die. And he says, you're going to know good from evil. Those were two truthful statements Satan made, weren't they? What part was not truthful? The idea that they would not die. You're not going to die immediately. Kind of leave words out here. But you're going to die. Do you think if Satan would have come up and he had just been truthful with her he says... Yeah, you'll die. You'll separate yourself from God at the same time. You're going to know good from evil too, though. Do you think if they had heard that they were going to die and that they were going to be separated from God, that they were going to acknowledge what was right and what was wrong, if, they, if she would have known all of that, that she would have done it? It's hard to say, isn't it? What would you have done? We sit there and go, oh, I wouldn't have done it, would I? How many times have you been... Or, symptoms, medication. Medication have symptoms on them, don't they? Almost every one of them. Have you ever looked at the symptoms of the, what the medication is and sat there and said, you know what? What I have is better than the symptoms that will be given to me from this medication. Yeah, that's for each to determine. But that's kind of what it is. We look at what what is the worst thing? Is this better or is this worse? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Some of the symptoms they say from some of them advertisements on TV. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's scary. So the reason that we need this shield of faith is because, first of all, guys, Satan is attacking us, and if he can damage us he thinks he wins he scores now let's get the picture of the arrows arrows have speed don't they any bow hunt or at least attempted have you shot a bow if you're good with it you can hit that deer right through the heart and that deer it'll it'll kind of jerk and maybe run a few yards but if you got a good clean shot that deer will eventually just, it doesn't usually run very far, and then it just, it bleeds out. The the deer just gets tired. It doesn't even know it's really been hit. And it, it bleeds out. Bleeding out may sound painful, but basically you just fall to sleep. That's what Satan wants to do to us. He's hurling these darts at us. He's trying, but see... It throws in a little bit of extra thing. Also, one of the things that they did in their their military battles is uh, they would dip the ends of their arrows in oil and light them on fire and then shoot them. Uh, Ahab, if you remember him, when they were out in battle, he had his armor on, but he got penetrated by an arrow. There's lots of times they would just shoot the arrows up and then they would come down, and the arrow pierced him where his armor didn't cover Arrows had a way of finding a way in if you were not securely protected. Remember the picture that we saw? You had the shields in front, then you had the shields up here. When arrows came in, all they had to do was get behind that shield and they were completely protected. That should be encouraging to us to know that our faith in God completely protects us from the harm that Satan is wanting to deal with us. But we have to be sure that we are not deceived and spoiled by the philosophy and the, uh, the, the and vain deceit after the traditions of men. The way it's always been done may not be the way that has given God the glory. Just because man has always done this doesn't make it right. Vain did the, the men spoil you through philosophy? Philosophy. Well, let's Reason. Let's talk this thing out. If you get someone who's a good philosopher and then you get a weak Christian who uh, barely has uh, their their faith in Christ is not really rooted, this philosopher is going to confuse them to the point that they're going to sit there and like, well, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. Not the way that you're putting it. What you're saying is making sense. Have you heard someone of the world make sense? I can see what you're saying, but what you're missing is the spiritual side of faith. They can't understand it because they don't, they're not of God. They can't grasp it. But they can trip you up. I have sat there and I've listened to other people. I'm like, what they, they have a good point. They're making sense over here. I can see their point. But I have faith in God and that causes me to look at everything from a different, through a different lens. They're looking, uh, they're looking with these eyes. And we are taking like the Hubble telescope and we're looking through them kind of lenses. We're looking through a microscope and we're, we, we are examining the, the, what is really beneath the surface. That's where faith comes in. Faith is so, the spiritual eyes is so much deeper than what man can see with his own eyes. After the rudiments of the world, but not after Christ. It's got to be after Jesus Christ. That's what our faith is rooted in. There's only one faith. That one faith is in Jesus Christ. Any other faith is in vain. It doesn't matter. They may have faith over here and all these different things, but that faith is in vain because there's only one faith and that faith is Christ. In Hebrews 10, 22 through 23 it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of our faith, Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You know, free will Baptists get kind of tagged sometimes like, well, you're you're not you don't believe right because you believe that you can reject your salvation. So that causes people to think that they can at any moment, one little sin, they're going to lose their salvation. I may believe because I believe we have free will. Just as Adam and Eve, who were completely they they were had a more perfect relationship with God than we have. And they sinned because of free will. They were in the very presence of God, and they were able to sin because God gave them free will. So how can I say that I am not? That I cannot sin? That I cannot remove myself from God's presence? But that doesn't mean that I go about thinking that I'm going to uh, lose my salvation because I goof up. I'm not in fear of, of holding on to my salvation. I don't sit there and think one little mess up and I lose it that's nonsense I don't live in fear not that kind of fear I live in fear of reverence to to God what about you do you think that if you go about and believe me we sin every day so if if that sin that disobedience to God that we mentioned earlier if that completely separates us from God to where we lose our salvation there is no real hope is it our hope is not in that Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And that hope in Jesus Christ secures us. It keeps us from doubting. Satan wants to plant that seed of doubt inside our minds to make us think that we can lose it all. And if we buy into his his brainwashing, then we are at risk of losing it all. But if we keep our faith in Jesus Christ, if we keep that shield in front of us, we're going to be protected from the things that Satan is hurling at us. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 3-9, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That lively hope, what is that lively hope? It's the faith in that God's promises are true and that He is faithful to keep them. That Jesus, our faith in Jesus Christ is going to save us from that disobedience, from that sin. That's what our hope is in. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and that what the Bible tells us is true. Verse 4, it says, "...to an inheritance incorruptible." Undefiled and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. This is one of the things we talked in Sunday school about, eternal and temporal. Things that we see are going to pass away, they're going to fade away, but the thing that we cannot see, our hope and our faith, that's not passing away. That's what it says right here, an inheritance incorruptible. That means it's not defiled, it's not messed up. Jesus Christ is perfect. God is perfect. That inheritance that we have is flawless. And that is what we are putting our hope in. It doesn't fade away and it's waiting for us in heaven. That's what our hope is in, isn't it? That's what the Scripture is saying right here. Who are kept by the power of God through faith until salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. If you have the power of God going before you should you be in fear for your salvation? Absolutely not. Because let, let's look at an illustration David and Goliath. David was getting tired of the way that Goliath was going out and he was making all of these, he, he was just humiliating and belittling God's people, Israel. So David said, Who's going to go out and fight this guy? He's, he's given this challenge and nobody is doing it. And David realized, he he gets so fed up with the cursings that Goliath is doing toward God. He says, I'll take him. I'll go out there and I'll fight him. David is like a 15-year-old boy. And here, all of these men are too afraid to go out and face Goliath. Because Goliath is somewhere around 9 foot tall. He's decked out in armor. Most of us probably couldn't even have lifted uh, the, the, well, we could have lifted it but we couldn't have used it his uh, sword and his shield. Well, actually we know David took his sword and cut his head off. That's probably what killed Goliath. The hit in the head probably knocked him unconscious. But when David, before David went out Saul said, here, take my armor. And David puts it on, and you know he's trying to get comfortable in this armor, and he's he can't move in it; it's restricting him. And he says, "You know what? I haven't I haven't gone out, and I have not proved this armor. I haven't uh, tested it. I am not comfortable with it. I'm better off going out, following God, than I am wearing this armor. Because he was going out. How? He was going out in the power of God." He wasn't going out in the power of David. He wasn't going out in the power of Israel. He wasn't going out in the power of Saul. He was going out in the name of God, which had power, and he didn't fear. The only time we start fearing is when we start going out and we're not going out in the the power of God. It says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Uh, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than, or yes, precious than gold that perishes though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The spiritual warfare that we're going to go through as Christians because like I said, God, God is going to allow us to go through trials. He's going to allow us to go through temptations. But these things we know are going to come our way. And Satan is trying to use these opportunities to get us to curse God. But if we have on the armor of God, the spiritual armor of God, we have nothing to fear because God is going out before us. He's leading the way and He's clearing the path. Now, we might get damaged along the way, but we will not be defeated. I mean, you've heard it so many times. I've read the back of the book and we win we have been given a glimpse into what the future holds we have nothing to fear because God is going to take care of everything in His timing, His will we're not defeated we may feel like we're going through the gauntlet sometimes people may take our lives they may kill us we may die a horrible death we may not The point is, is are we going to let God go before us, or are we going to try to take them on ourselves? And so many times we try to take things on on ourselves, and we 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 don't allow the process of spiritual warfare to actually strengthen us, to increase our faith, to take on the full armor of God that we may be able to stand. Against Satan and his attacks Satan is going to attack you Might as well just get it through your mind Satan is going to attack you He will either do it Directly or indirectly He may use Someone in this room right here To attack you That's the way Satan likes to work Who is it that's going to hurt you the most Is it a complete stranger Or is it your family Is it your friends? The people you put complete confidence in. You expect a stranger to stab you in the back, don't you? If you're honest, yeah, can't trust them. But when you trust your family and your family stabs you in the back, it hurts and it hurts so much more. Why do you think Satan allowed Job's wife to say, Job just curse God and die? The friends were one thing. Saying, you've sinned, you've messed up. But then he got the wife involved. Now you have to understand, Job's friends loved him. Job's wife loved him. Job's wife, other than the affliction Job was dealing with physically, she was going through all the mental uh, stress and pain that Job was going through. But Job said, You know, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. And how did he end that? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do we have that kind of faith and confidence in God? That we will sit there and say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When we're being attacked, we don't want to do that. But that's the mentality that we have to have. Because it is all about our faith is about the pairing of Jesus Christ. That's what our faith is in. Our faith is in what God has promised. And it hasn't been completely fulfilled. There's still yet stuff that happens, that takes place. Whom having not seen, you love. And whom though now you see Him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Is that not with the way that we're living our life? That's the way we started it out. I haven't seen God. haven't seen Jesus. But I believe He's there and I believe He's true to His Word. That's why I'm here. It's why I'm preaching uh, from the Bible is because I believe that the words of life are contained within the, the Bible. This is receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. There's, there, there's got to be some kind of reason that the Bible is all about persevering to the end. If there's something that keeps us... If we don't persevere to the end, if Naaman would have only dipped himself six times in the river, would he have been healed? He had to persevere all the way to the end. It wasn't about obeying all the way up almost to the end and then giving it up. It was his choice. He chose to go down one more time. Paul even talks about you know pressing toward the prize. The prize is that hope and that faith in Jesus Christ that He... Is who he says he is, that he is going to do what he said he's going to do, that, he, that the word that we read is going to happen, that one of these days Jesus will return and restore everything as it once was. Do we really believe that? How do we live our lives day by day? What kind of faith do we have? You want to grow in your faith in God? What's the best way to grow in your faith in God? Read the Bible, isn't it? You want more. You want more faith. You get more Word. Galatians two twenty. I don't know. I've really, I've really come to uh, appreciate this verse right here because one of the things that I want you to recognize about faith—if faith is not dead—there are so many other scriptures I could have thrown in here with. Uh, you know, talking about you know, faith and faith being alive, uh, you know, that your you know, faith without works is dead and all of that good stuff. Uh, but we would have been here forever if I did that. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not as I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Every day that I live my life, I'm living it by faith. And when I read this verse and I thought I'd throw it in there, I'm like, man, Steve, we should have sang living by faith. Living by faith. That's what we're doing. Every day is living by faith. If the shield represents faith and all of the armor is shielding our body, then every part of it has faith. You can't just take one of these pieces of armor and say, I'm going to just stick with this. I'm just going to go out with the sword of the Spirit no it all fits together salvation isn't just based on faith it's also based on truth and righteousness on the word it's based on the foundation it's based uh, there's so much we can't just pick and choose what we want this bible is not sit there there's something that uh, you know how they have them things where you build your own car you go in and you say, I want this, this, and this. I don't want this, this, and this. And you get what you want. You can't go in and take this Bible and sit there and say, Well, God, this is what God says, and I'm going to sit there. I want this, this, and this. But God, I don't want this, this, and this. I'm going to... Where we rip the pages out. We don't want that. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, when you say, I'm going to live for you, then you're accepting it all. You can't just be a pick and chooser. If you say, I'm going to accept you, Jesus, but I'm going to pick and choose how I live my life, then Jesus says, "You no. You can't have a part of me. It's either all or nothing. You can't can't just ride the fence. Either be hot, be cold. Don't be lukewarm because that's what God spews out of His mouth. That's what He says in Revelation. He says, I'm spewing you out of my mouth because that is detestable. You're trying to have a little of both and that don't go. And we have a lot of people who are trying to have a little of both. Where's your faith in God? Are you able to resist the attacks of Satan because your faith is strong? Or do you need more faith? Do you need to increase in your faith? I think we all do. I know I do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to You. We thank You. I thank You so much, Lord, for just bringing us here. Given us your word, given us each other that we can come and we can fellowship together. God, I just pray that you will help us to understand what the armor of God is, how that each part is just as important as the next part. And Father, that we will take on this spiritual armor and that we will use it To not just resist Satan, but that we will use it to stand firm so that in the process of resisting Satan, we are glorifying you. And that through our spiritual warfare, we are an outstanding soldier for you. That we are going and we are presenting as well as standing firm. Help us to be faithful stewards of what you have given us. And help us, Lord, to increase in our faith. But God, I know it doesn't just happen with the snap of the finger. You provide opportunities for our faith to grow. Help us to take these opportunities so that the glory may be yours.